Hello and welcome to All About Smartphones, brought to you by Airs LA, the audio internet reading service of Los Angeles. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshta. And I'm Julian Vargas. And today we're going to talk about the latest developments with the new Apple iPhones. And Julian, I've been hearing commercials all over the radio and TV about all of these new iPhones. Oh, and, yes. And, and I really need you to give us the answers as what's the difference with all of these new phones and which ones are really the best for people with low vision. All right. So, yes, uh, in September, Apple had their yearly iPhone announcement. And this year, they announced three uh, new iPhones for the year. It is the Apple 10s and 10s Max. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> and soon to come, the 10R. And basically, the R is supposed to be the, uh, the the slightly cheaper alternative to the three. So, let's see where to start. The the 10s is basically the continuation. The uh, we're in the S models. We know Apple tends to kind of alternate, do that kind of thing, where they introduce a big jump or new type of uh, design, and then the next year they'll sort of improve upon it. And they call it the S. <laughs> okay. So basically, this is continuing from the, I, last year's iPhone 10. Uh, it's like, and, and as usual, uh, what you kind of expect from these S models, it was the case, uh, you know, a little bit of a newer processor, a little faster performance, that kind of thing. But, you know, one of the biggest things that drives the phones this year is Apple's iOS 12, which... Uh, it runs very snappy, even on old phones. You know, it, typically Apple would have dropped the the iPhone 5S, which came out in 2013. This year, this year it was expected they would have dropped that phone from the new iOS, meaning that it would have reached end of life. But because this year's iOS 12 was mostly focused on uh, fixing the bugs and tightening things and making it run faster and smoother and snappy and all that stuff uh, it actually is uh, sort of like a, a new uh, breath of life into the older phones like the 5s so the the 5s wow. is still able to get this year this year's ios 12 you know that's really wonderful in many ways because for people who really just can't afford to buy a new phone such as the 10 uh they could still use their iphone 5 but uh on the other hand, it means less income, less revenue for Apple. No, I mean, it's still revenue for them because, you know, the fact that they supported it for this long in and of itself is a selling point. I mean, when you look at the Android phones, the most you're going to get out of those is like two to three years if you're lucky in terms of OS updates. Oh. So the fact that Apple is supporting a phone for five years now, a five-year-old phone is still able to run the latest version of the operating system, I think in and of itself is a great selling point. So, you know, because iOS 12 is so fast and efficient, it just makes all these phones run great. So uh, despite the, the new processor and all that other nice stuff that's under the hood, uh, all these phones are going to run great. So basically uh, there's a 10s and then there's a 10s Max. And uh, the 10s Max, obviously by its name, 
uh, is a very large screen. The, the size of the phone itself is not that much bigger than, say, the iPhone 8. But what the, what has been the trend in smartphones now over the last couple of years, and really just uh, moving it forward, moving forward full steam ahead, is the removal of what's called the bezel. You've probably heard that term. Yes. The, the bezel is a frame around the screen. It's not something tactile. So as a blind person, you would never know what a bezel was just by touching the screen. But if you notice, if you've got an older uh, iPhone, you notice that when you touch the front of the screen along the edges, it doesn't activate anything. You know, if you touch like around where the speaker is or to the right or the left or the home button, uh, that's glass, but it doesn't do anything when you touch it because it's not actual live screen. It's just a, a frame. Uh, if you have, like, for example, the uh, the, the lighter colored phones, like the, the silver or the gold or the rose gold or whatever they call it, uh, the bezel around that is more visible because that was white. But if you had the black or the space gray phones, the bezel was black. So it was a little more seamless in terms of its looks. But uh, because they've done away with the bezel now, uh, it actually allows them to give you more screen with the same size or in some cases even a little smaller size of the physical phone itself. Oh. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the people are asking me, well, which one should I get? You know, the, should I should I get the S or the Max or should I wait till the uh, the, the uh, 10R comes out, which, by the way, goes uh, becomes available for pre-order on the 19th of, November, of October here. So it's coming up soon. You can pre-order that one if you want. Um, the the prices on these things are, are through the roof. <laughs> uh, the, okay. As the, as you get more screen size, uh, you pay more for it. But truthfully, what I think is really going on is that you know we're we're kind of running out of innovation ability here on these phones. So th- there's only so much that they can do to these phones every year to, to make them different from last year's model. And I think that the manufacturers are starting to realize that that. Less and less people really have a reason to go to the new phone, you know, unless you're just somebody who has to be seen using the latest and greatest or you're a tech geek of some kind. You just like to get your hands on all the new stuff no matter what. Or you're, of course, in the business like I am of, of teaching or talking about this stuff. There's really no reason to go out and spend over $1,000 now on a new phone every year. So because of that, I think they're they're raising the prices incrementally so that uh, they're still having the revenue stream coming in but not having to sell as many phones to do so. So I think that's what's going on. So, you know, in my opinion, I think it really depends on, on what you want from the phone. If, you, if you're going to get the new phone this year and, and you're wanting to decide which one, uh, you know, obviously the, the 10s Max is going to give you the, the, the biggest screen possible. So... Maybe somebody who's low vision might like to have that that bigger screen in in a device that's not a full on full blown tablet. So that would be maybe a reason to get it. Uh, if you don't like such a large phone, then then the 10s is a little bit better. Uh, it's still a you know a nice size phone, but it's it's pretty close to the size of, of last year's iPhone 10. And then you're going to have this 10R, and the 10R for all intents and purposes, is going to be like the, the, the Max in a sense, a little smaller screen, because the 10s Max is a 6.5-inch screen. 
the 10R is going to be a 6.1 inch screen. And by the way, uh, the way that that's measured is if you measure diagonally from one corner, like the top right corner to the bottom left corner, uh, in terms of the screen size and what you see there, that's generally how that measurement is arrived at. So the 10S I think is 5.8, the uh, R is 6.1, and the Max is 6.5. So personally, I think that the R is really the, the gives you the most bang for the buck because uh, other than the than two different thi- other than two things the uh, the 10R is going to have the regular LCD screen like what we've had in, in all the previous phones from the 8 on down and it's going to have a single lens camera as opposed to a dual lens camera and uh, uh, you know when you hear about cameras automatically you think well you know for OCR software or or remote visual assistance type software, things like that. Of course, it pays to have the best camera you, you can, and, and I agree with that. But, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of reading and talking to people, and I've yet to hear anything that convinces me that uh, there's a significant difference, or that there's going to be a significant difference when using OCR software and uh, visual remote assistance software. That's going to be such an appreciable difference between that uh, 10s or, or Max and the, the camera in the R. So again, it's just my personal opinion. Uh, everybody has their own. But that's generally what I've been telling people who ask me, is if you want the most bang for the buck, I think it's better to, to wait for the R to come out. And from what I hear, it's actually going to have the best battery life of all of them, believe it or not. The 10s, uh, the 10s, I hear something like only a, ha- a little, like a half hour more of talk time than they had with the 10. Uh, I forget what it is with the with the Max. It's a little bit more, but from what I heard during Apple's keynote announcement, uh, the the biggest battery boost is going to be with the um, with the R, because it's a it's a bigger phone than uh, the S, and um, it's just the bigger the phone, presumably the bigger the battery in it. And uh, the the less things that are using up that battery, so that's just my opinion. I I, I think uh, if I'm going to buy one of these this year, it would probably be the R. Uh, so what is the price, the expected price of the 10R? And I just want to ask you this, just to be clear again, from from what you have researched and heard from other users, you don't know of a significant difference. If it's using uh, the dual lens camera versus a single lens camera? Yeah, I think it'll probably be maybe do a little bit better in darker places, things like that. But I have not yet heard anybody say or write <laughs> that, hey, I, I, I notice a dramatic improvement when using something like Seeing AI or Ira or Be My Eyes uh, with this Max than what I had before. So... Uh, I would think if if, uh, yeah. if they're not noticing a, a, tr- a tremendous improvement, uh, that tells me that uh, for our purposes, uh, it's not going to be the reason to, to, to go with the Max. But, you know, if you do a lot of photography, things like that, uh, or you're going to let somebody use your phone who does a lot of that stuff for you, then obviously, you know, the, if you're really into that, then you want the best camera, no, no doubt about it. But if you're just thinking in terms of OCR and, and these kinds of uh, solutions, 
I don't know that that in and of itself is, is good enough reason to spend the the difference. Uh, the 10s I think is starting at around a thousand dollars, give or take, and that's a 64 gigabyte storage model. So this year, uh, speaking of that, uh, the way the phones are going to break down is that the the entry level one of each one, the entry level model of each one, is going to have 64 gigs. Then the next one is going to be 256 gigs, and then the the upper level one is 512. Now I'm not I can't recall off the top of my head if the uh, R is going to have that capability or if that's only available to the Max or the S, the 512. But uh, 64 gig is going to be the entry on on all of them, and as you go up. In memory capacity, I think it goes up by a hundred dollars. So you you add if you like to go middle of the road like I do, uh, then whatever the entry level price is, you add a hundred dollars to because you're going to pay that for the extra memory. And that's a good investment to make because as as these as memory becomes cheaper, and more phones come with a lot of memory, app developers add more and more capabilities to their app, which translates to larger app files. So this is where it really comes in handy to have the extra memory. And then, of course, if you like to take pictures, shoot video, uh, do audio recordings, or put music on your phone, obviously uh, the more uh, gigs you have, the more you can store. And what was the anticipated price of the 10R, the most affordable one? I believe that the entry level on that one is going to be $750. Wow, that's really good. So it, it's like a $250 difference between the 10S and the 10R. So again, you know, um, let's see, what else could I think point to a difference? Oh, well, the, the S and the S Max are made of stainless steel. It's supposed to look really nice and feel nice in the hand. The 10R, on the other hand, uh, is not going to be made of that, but uh, it's going to have more color variants available. Uh huh. That's so, nice. So if if you like your colors and you like to match accessories, things <laughs> like that, that's another reason to look at the R. Uh huh. Now, one of the things that I have heard about these new Apple iPhones, Julian, is that they are using facial recognition. Yes, this is the uh, the big departure from the norm. Last year when Apple introduced the iPhone 10 or X, Roman numeral X, <laughs> uh, but they prefer that you call it 10, uh, one of the biggest differences is that it no longer had a home button. It's just a flat slab of glass on the front of that thing. So that means no more touch ID and no wow. more triple clicking home, things like that. However, the, Apple did give us the ability to do all the functions of the home button using the power button, but the only thing is no more fingerprint readers. So now the way mm. these new phones work is Face ID. So uh, I personally am not a big fan of this because, for example, as a blind person, I could have my phone in my pocket with my Bluetooth earpiece on, and if I want to do something on it real quick, I just have to reach down, push on the home button with my uh finger it would read my print and unlock the screen and now i could flick or tap and do whatever i needed to do on the screen without ever having to lift it up in front of me now with face id i'm going to have to pick up the phone wake it up by either either leaving the uh the automatic feature that wakes it up when you lift on which i don't like uh 
So I would have to press the home button or the power button now <laughs> uh, to wake it up and then look toward the phone. And uh, once it sees my face, then it unlocks the screen. So that that's going to be the, the big departure from the uh, previous phones. Uh, Julian, what's been your experience with this type of facial recognition? Um, honestly, I've not l- yet lived with Face ID. I'm still actually using my iPhone 7, which works great. But I think this year I may have to be taken to the Apple Store uh, kicking and screaming and made to buy the new phone because now that it's really becoming the, the mainstream norm, I guess I have to live with this stuff to teach it and talk about it. But, uh, from what I, when I played with a demo in the apps, in the Apple store, it, it didn't seem that hard to set up. I've listened to various podcasts on it. Uh, uh Jonathan Mosin on his blindside podcast, uh, his, his daughter actually came up with a great solution to setting up face id uh, when you face it when you're setting it up the first time you look toward the screen and then it wants you to kind of rotate your face almost like you're uh, going around the clock so she recommended that you think of your nose as the needle on the clock and you're going around clockwise you know from 12 all the way back around to six oh. and then back around uh-huh. and if you do that uh that works really well and i i've done that several times now when i go to the apple store to play with it and it, it, setting it up seems to be very easy to do. It's it's a lot faster than setting up Touch ID. I will give it that, because with Touch ID, you have to place your finger, lift your finger, place your finger, lift your finger. You know, <laughs> and if you don't do it right, then it says you're not doing it right. Oh, and then you have to hit OK and then resume the process. And it could it could take a little while, <laughs> especially when you're doing it for the first time. But with this Touch ID, I mean the Face ID, it was very uh, very straightforward to to do. So it was, it was not hard to set up, at least in my opinion. Hey, Julian, with the Face ID also, have you tried it with your sunglasses on versus no glasses? Because, for example, a lot of us with low vision, we wear sunglasses when we're walking out in the sun. Uh, but at nighttime, obviously, we don't wear sunglasses. And if we want to use our phone quickly, uh, does that become a big problem? Well, they say that it's supposed to work through that. Um, one thing that Apple does do, if you're a voiceover user, to try to make this process a little easier uh, on on the to- especially the totally blind or people who have prosthetic eyes or things like that, uh, there's there's a certain uh, thing called aware mode. So that is where, for the normal or the average person, I should say, the way it works is you look at the screen and not only does it look for the familiar contours of your face but it wants you to literally be staring at it it wants to see your eyes looking at it in order to unlock the phone so what they do is when you set up face id for the first time it will tell you that uh, since voiceover is running it automatically turned that aware mode off so uh, it makes it so that it's not as picky but on the other hand it also i think uh, lowers the security of it a little bit because if, if effectively you're you're taking away one element of the process that it needs to be able to let you in, so, I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, you should play with and see what see what it see what it does. Uh, I know when I get it, I'm probably going to turn off the aware mode just to see uh, how it works, and if I find that it's giving me problems. 
then I'll go ahead and, and enable it. So to start, I will I will enable the aware mode so that it wants me to, to look at it. And if I find that it's giving me problems, then I guess I'll have to turn off the aware mode. Well, you know, Julian, in addition, uh, okay, I'm, I'm trying to think, though, of what are really the main differences. We we know that there's face ID. Uh, there's no more home button. We We could potentially have a screen that has more user space on there. But are there some other features that are just really, really so impressive that we would want to go out there and buy this phone tonight? <laughs> like I said, you're asking the wrong person. Remember I said it, when I buy it, I'm going to have to be dragged kicking and screaming to the yeah. end to sort of do it. I, 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 Honestly speaking, I, I'm, I'm just not that impressed with these new phones. I, I'm perfectly happy functioning with my iPhone 7. It, it's great. It's uh, Thanks to iOS 12, it's very snappy. I mean, it works just like it did when I first got it out of the box. It's quick and it's it's reliable. Wow. So, gosh. you know, I, I let me think. Something else. Oh, it does do wireless charging. So you can buy one of these Qi uh, oh. charging mats that you can lay the phone on, and then you can charge it without physically having to plug the lightning cable into it. So I guess that's another thing that the new phones do. That's not overly impressive to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, if you're somebody who has to have the latest and greatest, or you have to keep up with this for one reason or another, then... Yeah. then by all means, but honestly, if, if you're using, if you're happy with your iPhone 8, 7, even your 6S, or your SE, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, they all work great. <laughs> iOS 12 has these things running fast. I've, uh, I've, I've, I've used 5S's running iOS 12, and it's amazingly fast. <laughs> That's so, great. So, you know, that there's, there's no real reason to upgrade other than you want the latest and greatest. And by the way, here's a, a little tip for those of you who have the older phones, especially the 6 and the 6S. Uh, you may not be aware of this, but some of these phones came with defective batteries. Oh. And what Apple has offered to do after the negative press that they got uh, when this uh, hit the light of day, is that they will actually replace the battery in those phones for $30. Normally it costs $80 to do it. Wow. And I recently actually took both my parents' phones in there and had those batteries replaced because they have six S's. And now they don't have to upgrade their phones for another at least two or three years because wow. they're running great. So for for thirty bucks you can sort of breathe new life into your old phone. So if if you don't feel like upgrading, but maybe you're feeling that the battery life in your phone isn't what it once was, which by the way, if you go into the settings of the iPhone and yes. then you go to battery, and there's something in there called battery health. If you activate that, it will actually te run a diagnostic on the health of your battery, and it'll tell you what capacity of your battery the, it's able to store per charge. So obviously you want it to be 100%. So that when you plug it in and you charge it, it's storing 100% of the energy it was designed to store. But over time, lithium-ion batteries, especially if you haven't taken good care of them, like if you charge them the way you did the old NICADs or you run them all the way down and then charge them all the way back up, you've used up a lot of your charge cycles. So don't be surprised if you go in there on, on your old iPhone 6 or 6S and maybe you're t being told that it's got you know, 80% or 83% of the battery. If you're getting that kind of reading, I would seriously consider, especially if you're not going to upgrade, but maybe you want to get a little more life out of your phone, take it in there and, and for 30 bucks, uh, now you can have a nice new uh, 
battery in there, and uh, you'll find that your phone runs longer without uh, uh, yeah. shutting down on you. Hey, Julian, uh, do you happen to know, do the iPhone reseller stores offer you anything? Let's say that you do have a 7 or a 7S, and you want to get the new 10, 10S, 10S Max. Uh, do they have any type of trade-in? Do they give you anything for your old phone, or... What do you do with your old phone after you bought the new one? I end up um, lately over the last few years uh, they've ended up going to family members. So okay. Okay. <laughs> I used to sell them. Okay. And I think a time or two even did a trade in, but you know, you don't get as much money when you do a trade in. Okay. That because effectively you're doing it because it's hassle free. You know, so mm-hmm. you take it in and you're letting them deal with it. But if you really want to get the most for your phone, the best thing to do is to, especially if you've taken really good care of it, you know, clean it up, make it look really nice. Maybe even think about taking it to Apple and uh, getting one of these new batteries for it and pay a little money for it. Kind of like what you do with your house when you're going to sell it. You spruce it up a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe uh, go out on the market yourself. Go. You can go on eBay. You can go on Craigslist. You can go on. Uh, there's various places you can go. Uh, Blind Bargains has a, a, a list, a classifieds list. Yeah, that's a great place to go sell stuff. So that that's actually the, the, the way to get the most money for your old phone. Well, that's a really good suggestion there. But I think I'm going to take your advice, though. If I go for any of them, I'm going to wait for the... 10R to come out, and that's coming out October 19th? Is that what you said? It becomes, you can pre-order it on the 19th, and I think it goes, it hits the stores on the 26th, wow. if I'm not mistaken. And by the way, I failed to mention this too, uh, Apple's still keeping some of the older phones around, so if you don't want to pay oh. $1,000 or even you know $800 for a phone, you can still buy the iPhone 8 from last year, which is a very good phone, yeah. and it still has the home button, Touch ID, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's got the bezel, but again, if, especially if you're totally blind, what do you care? It's like right, <laughs> right. It, it, you know, bezel or no bezel, whatever. It's like you know, you can you can get you can get that phone, um, and they even now the Apple uh, did away presumably with the SE, which is really sad because a lot of people like the size of that phone. Mm-hmm. It was basically the size of the 5s. But with uh, the iPhone 6s specs in it, so it was—it's a nice phone, and I know several people who have them and really love them. And uh, they're going to be sad when they can't—they can't buy newer versions of it anymore. So, I think now the iPhone 7 is going to replace the SE, and you can actually get that phone brand new for around 400 bucks now. Wow! At Apple. Oh gosh! So again, great. if you don't have to have the latest and greatest, and you want a, a nice iPhone that's going to be supported for many years to come with software updates, uh, get look at the seven or eight. You don't have to if you're not ready to to go all in on Face ID. Uh, you can still get a brand new iPhone seven or eight from Apple for a lot wow. less than these newer phones. Wow, that is a really really smart buy. Well, Julian, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, ask you questions, or Maybe they even want you to go with them to buy a phone. How can they get in touch with you? I can be reached uh, several ways. You can go to my website, www.techjv.com. That's www.techj, as in John, V as in Victor, .com. And there's a link there where you can email me. Or you can 
uh, use your old-fashioned phone there and uh, give me a call. <laughs> Area code 818-794-9554. Well, thank you very much, Julian. This information is really, really helpful. And we hope that all of you tune in the next time that we bring you more information all about smartphones.